Hi, I'm Pastor Roger Brown. God has gifted me the pleasure to pastor a dynamic, spirit-filled church called Life Changers Church International right here in Pittsburgh, Kansas. I believe God will use this sermon to impact your life and bring His greatness out of you. Man, I hope you get something out of this that will change your life. God bless you. Your time is very important. So I'm going to get right to the message. Have a wonderful day. First Samuel. Let's go to chapter 14. We're going to start at verse number 23, and then we're going to skip on down to verse number 47, and then I'm going to fill in the blanks. How about that? Hallelujah. When you get your Bible, get that in place. Stand up for reading and reverence to the Word of God. It is custom here at Life Changers that we reverence that word. Amen? Yes. Hallelujah. 1 Samuel 14, verse number 23. Then we're going to scroll. I'm reading in the NLT. If you'd like to, if you're on your smartphone, smart device, you want to load up NLT. Amen. Uh, there's some words, how it was worded, that I want to use tonight. <coughs> Amen. First of all, I want to say that uh, I get the first taco. <laughs> I've been thinking about tacos since Tuesday. Tuesday. That's Oklahoma, Tuesday. I know all y'all, Kansas, say Tuesday. Well, I say Tuesday. Amen. I got to thinking uh, the other day, uh, little Everly was in my office, and she's always just picking stuff up and just... And so I'd walked out of the room, and Lane was on the phone, and, and I heard Lane say, ah, ah, ah. and I went in there, and I mean, she'd had my Bible. Actually, it wasn't my Bible. It was somebody else's, and I said, you can do whatever you want, but no, I didn't. And so she had pulled it out and pulled one of the pages out of it, and uh, front pages, and so uh, I picked it up, and when I picked it up, it was on 1 Samuel chapter 14, and I, I looked at it, and I glanced at what I glanced at right there, and then I closed it back up, and I took about three steps, and I went back to it and opened it back up, and I began to read it. And so it began to move some, some things inside of me. So sometimes when we think that something is a distraction, sometimes God has to throw a brick at us to get us to stop. Amen? He has to throw a brick to get us to stop. And sometimes that brick, we don't understand it. I remember a story years ago. I know you're still standing, but it'll be all right. I know a story. A young man was driving down the road. He just bought him this brand-new Corvette, and he paid uh, like uh, up into 90 thousand dollars for it. it. had all the well, uh, uh, whistles and bells upon it, and he was driving down the road real slow. He had his music up, and he was thinking, man, everybody's going to think I'm cool. And so he got to this one song, and it started revving up, and he's going a little bit faster, a little bit faster. And all of a sudden, he heard this bang. And he slammed on his brakes, and he saw a boy sitting out there on the side of the road that took a center block and sewed it and hit the side of his vehicle. He jumped out, and he said, Do you not know how much this car is worth? Why in the world would you throw a center block at me? He said, Sir, he said, I had to. He said, my brother is handicapped in a wheelchair. He come off the curb, fell over in his wheelchair. He said, you wasn't paying attention, and the only thing I could do We'll throw a brick at you. I will come back to that in a minute, but listen to me. 
Sometimes those blows and those bricks that cause you to a dead stop, sometimes you better pay attention to what God is trying to say in your life. Life gets busy. We get so caught up on everything that we think we can become. Listen to me right now. I want to tell you right now, success without humility is dead. Let me say that again. Success without humility is dead. It'll never live until there is humility inside of us to understand that we could have never made this happen. Our college degree didn't do this. Our street smarts didn't do this. Everything I learned outside didn't do this. Only God could. And we got to stay in that place of humility. Look at your neighbor and say, he's going to preach to you tonight. First Samuel chapter 14. Verse number 23. Are y'all there? Sure you are. You're waiting on me. So the Lord saved Israel. Anybody ever remember the day God saved you? And the Lord saved Israel that day, and the battle continued to rage even beyond Beth-Avon. Let's go to verse number 47 real quick. Are y'all there? Now, when Saul has secured his grasp on Israel's throne, he fought against his enemies in every direction. <laughs> Anybody ever know what that feels like? You can't just fight one today, but you got to fight on north, south, east, and west. He fought against Moab, Amnon, Edom, the kings of Zobah, and the Philistines. And wherever he turns, somebody get ready. He was victorious. <laughs> look, at, look at your neighbor and say, God always wins. He performed great deeds and conquered the Amalekites, saving Israel from all those who had plundered them. Father, we ask you tonight that you move like only you can move in this house. Father, you touch them from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. When they walk out of this place, Father, they have heard from you. Lord, you speak right into their situation. Father, I know it looks bad. I know the devil's been lying. I know the devil said he's going to bring them down and keep them down. But Heavenly Father, we understand right now that there's only one champion, and his name is Jesus Christ. And we have royal blood pumping through our veins. Uh, devil, uh, you should have killed me a long time ago uh, because now that I got breath in my lungs, uh, I'm going to do everything that, that I can uh, to stand against the kingdom, uh, against your kingdom. Uh, now, Father, begin to move in this house and put that mindset uh, upon their lives. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. 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 You may be seated. Give me just a few minutes of your time tonight. We're on a series, Let It Rain. And sometimes we're, we're in a place to we're wondering, man, when is it ever going to rain on me? Lord, rain on me. I need to feel the cool of your rain. I need to feel your rain. And in this story here, I, I, I urge you to go back and just read this whole chapter. There's some really good stuff inside of 1 Samuel chapter 14. Now, this is King Saul before God had actually moved him out of the kingdom, but you have to understand that while he was in there at the time, there was an anointing upon his life to bring Israel to where they needed to be. But because he didn't stay humility, because he didn't keep that spirit of humility upon his life, Saul got to the place where he thought what he was doing was because of him. 
He thought what he was doing was because he was from the tribe of Benjamin. I'm from the stock of Benjamin, from the tribe of Benjamin. I am from the tribe of Benjamin, and it's because of my blood. Before you know it, he got to thinking about all those things. But before that, this is a story of how Saul began to follow after God and lead after God. And the Bible says that they got to a place, and there's one place in this story, hallelujah, where it got real heated. And the Philistines, that was their arch enemy, the Philistines. Let me tell you something about the Philistines. The Philistines was a group of people that they didn't need you uh, to, to come over and start a fight, they would pick a fight with you. Not only would they pick a fight with you, but they were dirty fighters. Uh, they didn't stand up and fight right. I mean, they wanted to fight dirty. Uh, they wanted to get a blow in where you didn't know. They wanted to sucker punch you. Uh, <coughs> and they didn't want to stand up, but they would fight you. They wouldn't run from a fight. They would fight you, and they thought that they had it all. And they did have it all until God anointed Israel, and Israel began to move in. And God said, this is your land. I need to tell somebody in this house tonight that God has put you specifically in a place that is your land. He told you this is yours. He told you to go and conquer all. And you got in and won a few battles. But because you've been knocked down a few times, because there's been a little upset, because you didn't get your way all the time, now you're sitting over in the corner and you're trying to figure out how in the world am I going to do this now? I need to tell you something now. It's that same faith that you stepped out in. It's the same faith you got to keep standing in. Come on, somebody. You may step one day and stand the next day, but don't fall over and let the devil take you. I'm here to tell you right now, he can't take you. He's not big enough to take you. He don't have the authority to take you. And if your mind begins to turn in that position and realize and understand, I'm not doing this in my might. I'm doing this in God's might. Come on, somebody. I'm doing this in God's glory. So the Philistines began to move and they attacked Israel. And on that day they attacked Israel, they realized that they was getting to the place that they may not be able to defeat them. So they started calling their allies. And before they could call their allies, Saul had already been utterly defeated. Anybody ever been utterly defeated? Just utterly defeated. He was in a town of Magon. He was underneath a pomegranate tree. Magon, uh, the, the, the town of Magon underneath the Hebrew means fear. And the pomegranate tree is a, is a type of spirit of fear. When you were sitting, mourn or be afraid. So he was in the city of fear with the spirit of fear. You know, the enemy doesn't ever just come at you at one. He likes to come at you in all directions. So the Philistines had him cornered and had him to a place. And so the Bible says... That, that, that Saul got to a place where he had to, he had to run into Beth-Avon. That word Beth-Avon means the house of nothingness. Now, let me tell you something. Anybody ever fought and nothing happened? Everybody swing, somebody in here was swinging at some time and nothing happened. Have you prayed for your family and nothing happened? Have you prayed for your kids and nothing happened? Have you prayed for your marriage and nothing happened? Have you prayed because you've been going through some stuff and nothing happens? He, he, he went and wound up in the house of nothingness, utterly destroyed and defeated, trying to figure out what am I going to do? He finally got so aggravated and mad because he was losing the battle that he told everybody underneath his place. He took 600 men and he went over and that 600 men, they sat in the, in the city of fear underneath the spirit of fear. He rose up one day and he said, any man 
that takes food to his mouth today will utterly be destroyed. He forgot one thing. Jonathan wasn't in the company of the meeting. Jonathan going along, and as he began to go along, he saw a honeycomb. He took his spear and dipped it into the honeycomb, and he put it to his lips, and the Bible said immediately he got strength. One of the soldiers said, oh, hang on just a minute. Your daddy has made a declaration that anybody that puts anything to their mouth would die. Jonathan said, nobody told me. So Jonathan looked at his armor bearer and when he saw the Philistines, he told his armor bearer because he felt strength. Come on, somebody. Sometimes you got to get to that place until I know sometimes you're wore out, but sometimes you got to get to that place to where you get your strength back. And he got his strength back. And he told his armor bearer, he said, follow me and don't stay too far behind. And so they come up to the Philistines and they crawled up to the Philistines and he had a few men with him and he said, we're going to attack them there. And all of a sudden the Philistines looked over and said, here comes the heat. Hebrews. Let's take them now. And so the Philistines come running after them. And the Bible said that Jonathan lost 20 men in the battle as they begin to fight. And, 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 and so his armor bearer was going to run. And Jonathan said, hang on because the Lord is going to fight for us today. I'm telling you right now, sometimes you got to get the mindset that God is going to fight for me today. And the Bible says nobody knows why, but all of a sudden the Philistines got confused and there was a great earthquake. So they started killing each other. Jonathan sat over in the battle thinking, what is going on? Now, Kansas language, he said, dude, look at this. These dudes are killing each other. One of them said, let's kill him. He said, no. <laughs> Let them wear themselves out. God began to move. Saul's setting over. Somebody comes to Saul. Saul's losing the battle. Finally, Saul looks at his son, and he says, you know what? We're going to get something straight. He said, we're going to get some lots, and we're going to get a lot. So he told his son, he said, I'm going to pull a lot, and you pull a lot, which is straws. And he said, whichever one's got the short one, there's something going on. And Jonathan had the short one, short one. And Saul looked at him and said, what did you do? He said, I ate when you commanded nobody to eat. Saul said, today you die. Listen to me. Sometimes you got to keep humility. Sometimes there are things and there were tasks. Listen to me. I'm talking to somebody. There were things and there was tasks in your life that you try to put on people or in your situation to make you look more godly or feel more godly. And Saul was upset. Instead of letting his men eat and get resources, uh, Saul was upset because he was losing the battle and he didn't understand. Uh, and so he thought it would be real godly to fast. <laughs> Listen, nobody's going to eat until God answers. 
he took Jonathan and his men, uh, Saul's men stood up and said, you will not kill your boy today. It is because of your boy today that we had defeated the Philistines. Uh, come on, somebody. Sometimes you got to understand an unction uh, and an anointing uh, that comes upon people's lives. Uh, you got to know that God uh, is not going to leave you there, uh, that God's going to promote you and keep you uh, even when you don't feel like uh, you get it done yourself. So the Bible says, 1 Samuel 14 and 47, pull it back up again. Now when Saul had secured his grasp on Israel's throne, he fought his enemies in every direction. Now the first enemy he fought was Moab. The word Moab means who's your father? See, let me tell you something. If you're walking around fatherless and you don't know your identity, see, daddies give identity. Mamas give security, but it's a mama that takes a daddy's name. It's a daddy that passes on the name, and so the daddy gives the identity. And the word Moab means who is your father? Moab was a group and a nation of people that what they did was they served gods that, that, that wanted them to have human sacrifice. And more so than other, it was children's sacrifice, human sacrifice. And this is where the, sport, the, the spirit of abortion comes from because there in Moab, they would take the baby out of the mama's belly and the fetus and throw it into the fire for their God. And that spirit, it's a generational curse. And he fought against a generational curse. I know your daddy couldn't do it. I know your mama failed it. I know everybody in your life, in your family has all been addicts, has all struggled, has all tried to come out but I'm telling somebody today you're going to fight the spirit of Moab and that generational curse is going to have to leave your life. It's going to have to leave your family. It can't stay there anymore. The battle's about to shift. Come on somebody. The battle's about to shift and you're hanging around in the house of nothingness and there ain't nothing been happening but all of a sudden they gathered around you from every side. The north, south, east, and west. Northwest, southwest. Southeast, northeast. They even dropped bombs from the top. The devil's been fighting you because you've been struggling in the house of nothingness. And he's come against you in a time of your life where you don't understand how to get there. And that spirit moves. It moves through, and when it takes over and takes place, Moab, from generation to generation, the Moabites handed down these curses to everybody in their life. The same generational curse that nobody else could get over, the lust devil, the drunk devil, the addiction devil. That devil that hung around your life, that devil that caused you to lose everything. That generational curse. You didn't just decide one day you're going to be an alcoholic and lose your job. That tormenting devil got you in high school. He told you that partying was cool. You got, you got introduced 
into that situation, not because you decided you was going. Most of you in this room that has wound up addiction, you have come from homes that that's what they did. And you made up your mind. You'll never become your daddy. You'll never become your mama. But that generational curse, it cut down through the lines. I'm here to tell somebody that God began to move. And he told, he told Saul, we're going to defeat this curse today. You have the power to defeat the curse. Look at your neighbor and say, we can defeat the curse. Amnon means people. God will give you victory over people. You know, there are some people in your life that you need to walk away from. These kinds of people that are trying to get you to, to become like them, they are weighing you down. They're trying to convince you that you ain't got to live like that. That's too high of a standard. They ain't nobody can live like that. Why don't you just be like the rest of us and just let it go? There are some people in your life, they are pulling you from one direction to the other, and they're trying to convince you that you ain't got to live a holy life or a or, 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 or life that is following after God. They're telling you that you ain't got to go to church every Sunday. They're telling you they're paying tithe. That that ain't, that ain't even in scripture. Them people don't even know the scripture. Tell them to shut up and walk out of the way because I'm telling you right now that the tithe pair is the one that God begins to keep. The tithe pair is the one that God resurrects. The tithe pair is the one that God begins to move. And I'm telling you right now, if people in your life are telling you that your electric bill or that your McDonald's bill or your bowling alley bill is more important than God is, then those are the people that you ought to move out of your life. Come on, somebody. Those are the people that you ought to leave. But because we feel comfortable around them, because they like our shoes, because they just love that we love Mexican food. They come in in a place and, and they secure themselves in your life and they find something that they can join into only to not become like you but want you to become like them and then act like that it's really you but it's... Amnon means the spirit of people. They'll come in and swoop into your life and all of a sudden you think that they showed up right at a time and, and I, they'll tell you they was God sent and you'll say, yes, you was God sent because at a time in your life when you just needed people, you needed somebody, you've been praying about somebody, you've been praying about some things and they showed up in your life and you decided it was God sent but at the same time, I'm preaching better than y'all's acting in here tonight but at the same time, it's that spirit of Amnon spirit that's trying to destroy your life. And Amnon is not brave enough to face you by himself. He only shows up when Moab is there. Philistines are there. He likes to show up at a time in your life. It's that spirit. God has given you victory. Look at your neighbor and say, he's given you victory. Don't allow yourself to be drowned by life, 
limiting relationships. Let me say that again. Y'all can tweet me if you want to. Don't allow yourself to be drowned by life limiting relationships. If you are in a relationship that is limiting you, it is trying to turn your direction from who you are and what God has called you to be. I'm telling you right now, bye Felicia, shut the door and run like a crazy person because they are not worth it. Too many times we're just surrounded by people. They don't love us. That spirit is trying to change us. And we are limited. And we wonder why six months into the relationship, we ain't hearing from God. We ain't preaching like we used to preach. We don't yearn to, my God, somebody hear me. We don't yearn to read the word of God no more. We don't yearn to go to prayer meeting no more. No, because people has took the place of who God is. And that spirit of Amnon is moving upon this nation and upon this church until, until we have finally figured out I'm so far away from God, I don't know where I'm going. I go to church and I don't feel nothing anymore. And this spirit of Amnon, hope I'm preaching good enough for you tonight. It wants to distract you, delay you, and discourage you. That's his sole purpose. Distract you, delay you, and discourage you on your purpose for God. Maybe I come in here to tell you don't give up on your purpose. Maybe I come in here tonight to tell you don't give up on your purpose. Oh, but it hurts. If you get past the pain, you'll find the purpose. Don't give up on your purpose purpose. The enemy, the Amnon spirit has come to delay you. It has come to destroy you and it's come to discourage you. And you got to understand that there are some people that has come into your lives and they have an assignment and it's because the enemy has assigned them in your life at this time because you happen to be in the place of nothingness. You've been grieving. You've been, why me? I can't get nowhere. And all of a sudden, people, dear God, y'all look at me like I fell off turnip truck. No, I won't. <laughs> Sometimes people will come into your life and you have to understand sometimes you got to disconnect to protect. Listen to me. There are some people in your life you will have to disconnect to protect the purpose. 
Sometimes you got to tell them, I ain't living in your drama. I ain't living in your pain. I'm not living in your lack. I'm not living in your fear. I'm not living in your insecurity. Come on, somebody. Sometimes you got to tell the people around you and your life surrounding you, I don't have to think like that. I don't have to live like that. I'm not going to do that anymore. Sometimes you got to disconnect so that you can connect under God. And there were some people in your life you need to disconnect from. Listen. The next. If you stay with these kind of people, you'll die. Listen to me. Maybe you don't like what I'm saying tonight. But these kind of people, let me sit down for this. You ain't got to hate them. You ain't got to lie on them, make up stories about them. Some of these people are your own family. They are pulling you down. They're telling you that it's your moral obligation to stay in that pit with them. They're telling you that it's your job to be discouraged like them. They don't want to know your God. They don't want to pray with you. No, no, no. They just want to pull you down. My God, I, I, I come to tell somebody that this Amnon spirit, it is the people spirit. And sometimes just because we see people, everybody says we're called to the world and we're called to people. I understand. But there were some people I can't help. There were some people I got to disconnect from. I ain't going to let you drag me down like that. I'm not going to let you hold me down. I'm not going to let you hold me back. I'm not going to let you suck the life out of me. I'm not going to spend my mornings praying through and spend the afternoons feeling like doo-doo. Come on, somebody. I'm not going to stay there. I'm not going to live like that. Sometimes I'm just going to disconnect. Call me stuck up if you want to. I'd rather be rejected for who I ain't than accepted for who I am. The next spirit was Zoba. It's taking a little bit longer than I thought. I might pick up Sunday. Listen, the next spirit was Zoba. This means to combine, to mix, or to water down. Y'all better buckle up. This means to combine to mix or to water down. Let me tell you something. There were some things you don't combine with. Come on, somebody. There were some people in your life that are doing things and the longer you stay around and you combine yourself in that mess and the longer stuff that you keep hearing and the longer stuff that keeps going on in your life and around you and in your ears and before you know it, you start combining with it. Praise God. Anybody ever combine any ingredients? Hallelujah. My wife likes my hamburgers that I make and I, I, I just, I, I can't tell you my secret, praise God, but I take stuff and I combine 
combine it into some hamburger meat. And then I take my hands and I, yeah, I take my hands like meatloaf. Anybody had some good meatloaf? And I just take it and I combine all those ingredients. Now, 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 yeah, yeah, the, the, the main part of it is hamburger patty. But I got all these ingredients that I combine in. And I'm telling you right now, yes, you're a life changer. And yes, you go to church. And yes, you speak in tongues. And yes, you're a Christian. But if you don't watch out, the things that you're combining with. <laughs> if you combine long enough, you'll lose your identity. I, we have to stop trying to impress people that's not taking us where God's taking us. We are trying to impress people. We are combining. We are mixing. And before you know it, everything that you are is diluted. And before you know it, sin has set in. And when it set in, you didn't even know it because you have already diluted the power of God and the thing of God. And before you know it, you're doing the very same thing that you was preaching against. And before you know it, you have come, my God, who am I preaching to? You combined, you mixed until the glory of God was diluted in your life. And you become like Samson. You shook yourself and didn't even know that the glory of God had left you. You was in the same place, in the same church, with the same job, and the same friends, but you diluted the power of God in your life. You did things you should have never done. You accepted things that you told everybody else it's a sin to do. I don't know who I'm preaching to tonight, but I'm telling you right now, if you don't get this spirit out of your life, you will dilute yourself down to nothing. And I don't care what American Idol says. I don't care what Disney says. I don't care what the new trend says. God said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I changed not. I'm telling you right now, uh, the, the culture has changed. And, and the only reason the culture has changed is because we got new gadgets and we got new things. It's made us lazier. We have combined easier. We have mixed a lot and we diluted ourselves down. And before you know it, we are watered down. We can't even go into our jobs and testify or preach anymore because we've been so diluted down that we don't even know what we're talking about anymore more because the enemy likes to get you in the house of nothingness. I'm telling somebody tonight that that house of nothingness, this is a place where the battle shifted. I don't know who I'm talking to tonight, but you've been beat down and you've been beat down. But the Bible said that Saul got his grasp upon Israel's stone. And the Bible said that he started defeating every enemy from every direction and every place he turned the enemy started falling. 
Somebody hear me tonight. You, you, you have been in a place in your life, but you got your hand grasped to the throne of God in the spirit. It reigns in the house of nothingness. God, God didn't call a drought. God waited for you to get here. God's changing some things. And you're thinking, well, why in the world did I do that? Why did I mess that up? And God said, hang on. I'm about to rain on your situation. I'm about to cause dead things to come back to life. I'm about to bring you to a place in your life that you've never been. Your friends couldn't get you there. Rehab couldn't get you there. Dr. Phil couldn't talk you out of it. Oprah Winfrey couldn't give you enough cars. But God said, I'll take you when nobody else wants you. In the house of nothingness. I'll move upon your life. And I'll rain down on you. And I will cause you to defeat every lying spirit that comes against your life. This gospel, Pastor Randall, come piano, please. I got a few more. We're going to continue this Sunday. I got too much in me to dump it all on you tonight. You'd rather keep your attention than lose it. If you don't like this word, don't come back Sunday. That's okay. Maybe it ain't for you. That's okay. This superstardom Christian, anything goes. Just go to church. Just read your Bible. It didn't just happen overnight. It came when the church as a whole, the church a whole, mixed and combined and diluted. It become when the church as a whole put people on their stage should have never been. It put toward the anointing was second. Entertainment and money became first. To the point to where the church got so successful that they had to have two services and three services on Sunday. And thank God for that. And I'm not knocking at it. I'm ready to go for it. But I'm telling you right now, if you think that I'm the kind of preacher to come in here at 8 o'clock and preach a service and let you go so I can get the next service to come in and pay their money, you've been, you done lost your mind. I'm telling you right now, that preacher that preacher in Los Angeles, California, when I preached for him on the, on the early service, I preached for him, praise God, and he said, listen, we got a service, another service at 930. I said, yes, sir. And the anointing of God began to hit. And, 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 and I was trying to respect him at come 930. And I started to hand him the microphone. He said, don't you hand me that microphone. You keep going. And so I kept going. Praise God. By 10 o'clock, they were slayed out in the, all over the place. And up in the balconies, looked like they was going to fall out. And because the fire marshal had shut them down so many times, they had people sitting outside and holding them back. They was looking in the windows. And finally, the pastor stood up. He grabbed the microphone out of my hand. He said, let them in. And they came in. Praise God. And then, and then God began to move. And he looked around and he said, i got to have another service. He said, you going to preach the next service for me? I said, yeah, I can. And so I got up and got my Bible. And the next service I preached was a complete different message. When it was over with, the preacher looked at me. He said, how in the world did you do that? I said, what are you talking about? He said, I preach the same message to every, 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 uh, every day to every people that comes in here. How did you do that? I said, it wasn't me. It was God. 
God. It was the spirit and the power of God. But I'm telling you right now, the church has become a place to where we come in like cattle and we get what we need and we are let out like cattle. But God said this revival is going to bypass the mentality of the new church and it's going to bring back the rudiments and the ingredients of the old church of the praying at the altars until snot began to fly until bobby pins hit the walls until we rolled and become holy come on somebody he said this revival is going to bring back the old and it's going to encourage the new and it's going to bring forth a group of people it's going to bring the backers it's going to bring the hell's angels it's going to bring the lesbian it's going to bring the gay man come on somebody they're setting down the road right now and somebody is going to push that bud light out of the way and say I'm lost and I need a savior and never heard a praise team but the anointing like come off Peter's shadow and touch their life is the anointing that will touch this entire block and this entire city but honey let me tell you something the only way that you can have a shadow if there is a light shining on you My God, I'm full of it tonight. There's no light cast on you. There's no shadow. Some of us have been so used to walking in darkness, we've been blinded. I'm going to say this one. I'm not going to say very much. I'm skipping one, but I'm coming to this one. The Philistine. It means to roll in ashes and dust. Because of grief, I need to tell somebody, stop crying. You've laid in bed and cried yourself to sleep. And you've rolled in the ashes and in the dust. And it is time to shake it off and we'll deal with that Sunday morning but you hear me somebody needs to hear me right now get up out of the ashes get up out of the dust that devil's trying to hold on to you cause he sees that you're in the house of nothingness listen to me but that's when the battle shifts God always does his best when you're negative in your bank account. God always does his best when you lost your job and you ain't got no insurance. God always does his best when you become in the house of nothingness. Something begins to shift in this battle. And victory the Bible says that everywhere Saul turned, he was victorious. Somebody hear me. You've been so used to losing battles that you just don't even think nothing of it no more. But you're about to win every battle that ever come against your life. 
There are people in your life that's talked about you that's going to have to ask you to forgive them. There are people in your life that has wrote you off uh, that because uh, the anointing that's on your life, uh, they're going to come to you and ask you uh, how they got to take this back. Uh, there are some people in your life uh, that has come against you uh, and they have took things from you. Uh, listen to me. You got to quit giving some people all your compassion uh, and all your heart. Uh, you got to understand uh, that there are some people in your life, they're not worth that. Uh, and if you do not stand up uh, and realize this, uh, you'll be walking around as a dead person going to church. You'll look like you're alive, but you're dead. I can't shut up in here tonight, but I'm telling somebody that the power of God is shifting on your favor. Stand to your feet all over this room. Just close your eyes for a minute. Hirabo ko sotada